Welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast, a series of healthy conversations with inspiring hustlers. I'm your host, Madeline Carafa. Today, I'm joined on the microphones by personal trainer and mum of two, Emily Skye. With an online community of millions of women from around the world, Emily is one of the leading forces in the online fitness space. Driven, hardworking, but most of all, one of the kindest souls, Emily empowers women to become stronger and empowered through fitness and food. With a strong belief that the best you can be is strong and happy, Emily shares her personal learnings from years of self-discovery and motherhood, both online and through her app, Emily Sky Fit, in order to help others achieve their goals, have a realistic approach to health and fitness, and all while empowering them to have a positive mindset. The co-founder of James Cosmetics, a luxury face mask brand, Emily is inspiring millions to chase their dreams while living a life of happiness and good health. Since birthing her second child at home on her lounge room floor, I have been dying to chat with Emily to find out a little bit more about her crazy birth experience. In this healthy conversation, we dive right into it while also chatting about the importance of gratitude, the power of healthy routines, and how to master the mind. This chat is high vibes. You'll get the best dose of Emily's infectious personality and a true insight into why she inspires so many. Here's Emily. This episode of The Healthy Hustlers is proudly brought to you by Pure Harvest's new range of delicious nut milks. Available in three dairy-free flavours, Nut Bliss, Lush Almond and Creamy Cashew, you'll never have to worry about having ordinary milk again. Pure Harvest's new range of No Ordinary Milks are available at leading independent supermarkets and health food stores Australia-wide. Hello, beautiful Emily, and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for having me, Madeline. So good to be here. I wish we were face-to-face, but maybe one day. One day we will absolutely um, make it happen, and it wasn't through lack of trying. We definitely did try to do this at the start of the year, yes. but good old COVID got in the way. So, yep. um, yeah, but I'm I'm super excited to be joined by you today. Just absolutely love following you online and everything that you're about. So, yeah, thank you for your time. Oh, thank you so much. I was actually just listening to some of your podcasts this morning while I was getting ready and I love it. So I'm really excited to be on here. It's an honour. Oh, thank you so much. That that means so much to me. So I guess I do start every episode in the same way and I guess it's because of the roller coaster that we have all been on in some way, shape or form this year. But I would love to know what is one self-care practice that has really helped you feel mentally or physically abundant this year? Well, it's been a, and as everyone knows, it's been a crazy year for everyone, but I was pregnant for most of it or half of it, I should say. And especially when we had the lockdown here, I mean, you guys had it way worse and I really feel for you guys, but um, I just ended up staying at home a lot of my pregnancy and I didn't mind it really because I couldn't move around much because I was so big, but I always (laughs) go back to what keeps me feeling good, especially mentally. It's always my fitness and being healthy, nourishing my body. And while I'm pregnant, I do eat a lot of, I like to call them treats and that's okay. But it's all about nourishing yourself in whatever way you feel does that best, I think. And if that includes chocolate, then go for it. But a huge one for me this year was really working on my breath and making sure I could breathe properly because a lot of people don't. And 
I was a really anxious person. I still get it sometimes if I haven't been good with my practice, but you breathe in your chest rather than diaphragmatically. So you're not getting the air down deep enough and it's all chest and then it affects your neck and it hurts. And I had that for a long time, for many years until I learned how to breathe properly. So I've really been working on that this year, especially while pregnant and then for birth as well. It really helped me to relax. So I'd work on slowing my breath down and just breathing more deeply. And if I ever felt sick or anxious, I would go back into that breathing and it makes you feel so much better. So that's been huge for me and I'm going to keep that up. I love that so much. And it's something we often completely forget about, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, you know, we breathe all day long without even thinking about it. Yeah. And it's not until you put that awareness there and make that conscious decision to be aware of it. And it's such a deep action when you actually sit with it and feel it. It's like, oh, I do this all day and don't even realize it. So I love that you that you touched on that. I think it's super powerful. Yeah, I used to underestimate the power of the breath. And it sounds simple and people probably think, oh, it's just breathing. But it's like breathing deliberately and making sure you're breathing properly. And like you're saying, be conscious of it. And it stops you also from thinking about everything else that's going on in, in your life and your brain getting cluttered because I'm, I'm a huge, like I think a lot and I can't stop my mind and it gets really overwhelming and just stopping and breathing helps heaps. And it even helps with doing something that you're afraid of doing. For instance, I used to be terrified of going on TV or talking to crowds. I was extremely shy and just the nerves would be so bad I'd be sick and just going to that breathing helped me heaps and taking some deep breaths before going like in front of the camera really helped. Oh, wow. That's so cool to know. When you say um, that it helped you during birth, did you notice a difference from your first birth to your second yes. from using the, the breath techniques? Yeah, because with my first pregnancy, I did some things um, more online. I didn't hire someone. This time I hired someone to come and help me to learn how to do it properly. But I kind of was just doing it myself and not really doing it properly with the first birth. But then that that birth was a lot different because I ended up getting induced and the, the labor was just crazy. My daughter got stuck and um, I was getting tachycardia and my heart was going crazy and she was facing the wrong way. There's all these things. I ended up getting a episiotomy as well. So it was just a, it was a lot longer birth too, a lot longer, like 17 hours compared to an hour and a half or an hour, hour and 45. Yeah. So it was a completely different birth. And I just, I feel like I couldn't really use any of those techniques that I was training myself to do with the breathing and relaxing. Whereas this time, because I'd been doing the training and I, I hired someone to help me through it because even just knowing how to do something's not enough. You've got to practice it. So it comes naturally when the time comes to use it. It's like a tool. You have it in your toolbox ready to pull out and you've got to know how to use that tool. So I did that this time for a few weeks before I gave birth. And thank goodness I got the last session in only a couple of days before I gave birth because he came early. But um, it was so helpful. And I reckon that's why my birth was so fast. <laughs> I mean, who knows, but it was so fast. And I was, I was extremely relaxed leading up to it. And that releases oxytocin, which then helps you go into labor if you are relaxed. It's a lot harder to go into labor without having that oxytocin release and while you're stressed out. And that's like science as well, not just like weird stuff. (laughs) I love hearing that like so much because birth was like a huge, I'd say like mental shift for me or a mental game. I, I didn't expect to ever have to have a natural birth. Yeah. And I did in the end and it it was a lot of work, I guess, mentally. I would love to know from you how your mindset shifted from, you know, having that really long, intense 
challenging labour first of all, to then embarking on that the second time around and being able to go into it, I guess, so calm and really trusting your body? Yeah, so I was really terrified of birth the second time. The first time I was feeling quite confident because you don't know what you're doing. You've never done it before. You have no idea. It's like that with parenting too. But um, I was so scared and I thought, how am I going to do this? I don't want it to happen the same way it did the first time. And I really wanted a natural birth. Like I wanted no medication, no intervention if possible. And obviously if I had to have it, that's fine. But I just wanted to like have that as my goal, if that makes sense. So um, I this time did a lot of that practice and, and made sure that I was really calm. And, and that was one of, the, one of the reasons why I hired somebody um, belly to birth Shari, she's her name is. She um took me through doing all the birthing, like learning about birth, but also learning how to have confidence in your body and yourself, and knowing that it is a natural thing. And when I say this, I'm not saying it's always going to happen. Of course, it doesn't. Sometimes you need intervention, and and modern medicine is there for a reason, and and it it's great for that. But we sort of have lost the, the confidence and. The power's almost taken away from us in a lot of ways because we're made to feel like we can't do it ourselves and that we need the doctors to intervene. And it's just not the case for for a lot of people. So anyway, this time I wanted it to be completely natural if possible. And then I did all that practicing leading up to the birth and because I knew I had to because I was so anxious about it and I had to do something to change that. I couldn't stand feeling that way. And I was feeling really calm about it. And it was amazing how practicing all those times, I used to do it many times a day, just going to breathing and listening to um, hypnosis sort of things. And I'm not that person. Like I'm not, I don't really like things that are slow, even yoga. I know it's amazing for you, but I can't sit still. I can't, I struggle to do meditation. My version of meditation is different to other people. It's like training really hard or it's just stopping and breathing, which is still a form of medica- medication, meditation. And, it, and you've got to find what works for you. So yeah, I just, um, I felt so much better this time. And when, before I went into labor, I was doing some, just some self-care and I was, I was actually going to do a shoot that day. Will I, t- when will I tell a story? I don't want to jump ahead too fast. Yeah, no, go for it. Okay. Go for it. Are I you ready? It. <laughs> Hold on to your I'm hat. ready for it. <laughs> yeah. I was just, um, I was going to do a, a photo shoot, a maternity photo shoot, and it was on the Thursday. So I was doing my tan and I actually shaved my legs for the first time in months, you know, because we've been indoors for so long and I couldn't even reach my legs, but I made it happen. A few patches here and there, but that's okay. And did my hair and wash it because my hair takes two hours to wash, dry and straighten, get it all oh, prepped because it's so curly and crazy. And so I was that's like, commitment. I, was, I was all ready. And then um, I ended up going into labor. So it was the night before what was I doing? Oh, I was, so I wanted to do the placenta encapsulation. And when I first found out about oh, this, yeah. I was like, that's disgusting, eating your placenta, how horrible. And then I did research and I liked the idea. And it's not it's not as bad as it sounds. They're, it's just like they, they dehydrate it and put it in little capsules and you, you don't even know what it is. You can't taste anything. It's all good. So anyway, I did that and I had to fill out the forms before and I had this feeling like I had to do it right then and there, otherwise I'd miss out. So I'm online filling out all these, um, all the like the form things, like online forms, and then having to get them printed and then writing it out so you can put it on the box, put your placenta in it so they can collect it. And I'm just freaking out thinking that I'm going to miss out. I just had this sense of urgency. So I was doing that and then I was doing my, um, what do they call it, preference, birth preferences. So you hand it to the 
midwives so that they know what your preferences are. And if you really don't want drugs or anything, you make that clear so that they don't push it on you. If you, Because when you're in that moment, as you know, it's pretty intense and you might just go, yeah, give me everything. But if you really don't want it, you can sort of get through it, but if without people like offering it to you. So I had the preferences that I was filling out and I was like, I need to get this done because I really want this to go the way I want it, hopefully. That's my intention anyway. If not, that's okay. I'll just go with it. So um, I was messaging my partner. He was upstairs playing the PlayStation (laughs) and I'm downstairs and I was saying, hey, I need these forms printed and the printer's like, I can't, me with technology, I'm a nightmare. I can't get it to work. So I was like, can you please print this out for me? And he's like, when do you need it by? I was like, before I go into labour, ha ha. And he's like, okay, we got plenty of time. Well, we didn't. I didn't get them printed. (laughs) I went up to bed to go to sleep at about 12.30. And I said to my partner, Deck, hey, I feel really weird, like funny, like a calm before the storm feeling. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he doesn't really listen to me when I talk about my feelings like that. He kind of rolls his eyes. He's like, yeah, whatever, I'm because I'm, I'm a bit weird. Anyway, went to bed and I woke up probably an hour and a half or something later because I was getting some contractions. I didn't know they were contractions. They felt like period pain coming and going. And that had been happening for days, if not a couple of weeks. It was just really subtle though and it just kept getting worse. But I didn't know that was contractions because I got induced the first time. I I didn't know. It was totally different. And when I got induced last time, straight away I went into labour. It was really intense contractions. I was getting a couple of minutes. It was just insane. Whereas this time it was gradual and my body was able to do it over time and naturally. So when I was in labour, I wasn't even aware of it. And um, so anyway, I got up, went to the toilet, checked if there was any bleeding or anything because you get your mucus plug that comes away and usually it's got blood with it if it's a bloody show actually, so mucus plug, this is information that people probably don't want, but you have the plug and it comes away. It can come away over time and it's like a snotty sort of colour. And then you've got your bloody show, which is the blood that comes out with the mucus plug. But everyone's different what happens. So I um, didn't have any of that happening. So I went back to bed and then I started feeling it come back again. And I thought maybe I should just start timing it just to see. And it was, I think it was six or seven minutes apart. And it was like, six or seven, and then it dropped to five minutes apart after only one or two contractions, then it was down to four. And I thought, okay, this is pretty regular now and they're decreasing the time apart, so this might be something. And then um, so I I got up and thought I'll put a pad on, a big thick pad, because I was told that that's a good idea for if you have when it breaks, when your water breaks. And I thought it was like the movies I used to think it was like the movies that would go everywhere, but I was told, no, no, it doesn't go everywhere. It's not like that. It's only a little bit. So I thought, okay, this pad will do. Anyway, I'm pl- uh, wandering, wandering around the house. It's like, what is it, Two, probably 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning or something like that, and just getting little things together, making sure everything was prepared. And then my partner got up deck and, and I was like, hey, um, I'm 99% sure I'm in labour. But I was just really calm. Like I was just fine and I was just like, oh, yeah, it's it's all good. And then um, my daughter woke up because I was running around the house and because I was like an elephant, I was so heavy, myself stomping. She woke up and she comes running out. So it's like literally 3 a.m. or something or even later than that by this stage. Every contraction that I got, I was just leaning over. I was going into like everything that I'd learnt over the last few weeks, leaning over the bed and breathing through it and it was fine. I could handle it and I was just killing it. (laughs) And then um, I got on the phone to my birth coach Shari and I was like hey when do I go into hospital because I'm not sure and I was Googling it when do you go into hospital and she's like oh 
how long are they, how far apart are they? And I was like, yeah, well, they started at this and now they're this and it's only taken a few minutes to get there. So it was down to like two or three minutes apart and and they were regular and she's like, oh, because I know that it can come and then go away and then like you look like an mm. idiot when you go into the hospital too early. So I was all th- I was thinking about that the whole time. I was like, stay home, stay home as long as you can because that's what you're told. Yeah. And then um, she totally. says, oh, well, if just stay there and wait like half an hour, an hour, see how you go and then go in. So I was like, okay, right. And then all of a sudden it the transition happened and it went, that's when the baby's going down the birth canal and it becomes much more intense. And I started like growling, like, <sighs> but really loud. And she's like, keep breathing, like keep, watch your breath. Cause she thought I wasn't in the, you know, the final part yet. <laughs> Cause I was, yeah. I was doing so well with it all. And then, um, she's like, oh, and then I said again, when do I need to go to the hospital? And she's like, well, do you feel like you need to go to the hospital? I was like, I need to fucking go to the hospital now. <laughs> and then um, I got the bloody show. So that happened. I was like, yep, it's all happening. And I don't know what happened to the phone. I think I just threw oh, it because it was it got so intense. God. So I've I've gone downstairs because I knew I had like 30 seconds or something in between. And oh, and I was like, I need my brow pencil and my brow setter. And I need my James Cosmetics because when I after I give birth, I want my under eyes to be nice. <laughs> like I was thinking all these th- these things that mean nothing. It's just stupid, but they're comforting for me. So anyway, went downstairs. Um, we were getting everything together and I'm going, the forms, deck, the forms. You haven't got the forms printed. What about my placenta? How am I going to encapsulate it? I haven't given my birth preferences. And I was freaking out. He's in there trying to do it and it's just not working. And then um, he was trying to call someone because my mum was arriving on that Thursday. And so this, so we went to bed Wednesday night and then it was early Thursday morning that I went into labour. So my mum was coming several hours later from New South Wales. So she was too late for it. And we had no one to mind my daughter, Mia. So um, my mum got on the phone to my manager Sam's mum Maggie and said can you come over so she was in on the way to come over and then what happened I went around to the couch and I was leaning over to do another contraction and breathe through it Mia comes up and climbs on my back and she's going horsey because I'm bent over and I'm like <gasps> really loud <laughs> just trying to survive and then I had this intense feeling like I was going to explode down there and I said he's coming he's coming so deck my partner gets on the phone to get an ambulance and I'm like, get off my back, Mia. And then I was like, get my undies off. He's coming now. He's going to like, come out. So I couldn't even reach to get my undies off. And at the moment I got it off, Mia was even trying to tug them off for me. And um, the moment I got it off, the water just went everywhere and it was worse than the movies. So when they tell you it's not like the movies, it can be anything. Everyone's different. And it went everywhere. The whole floor was saturated. I can't believe how much water was in me. Well, not water, amniotic fluid, obviously. Yeah. And Mia's screaming like, what the hell's going on? And then um, so Deck got the ambulance to come. They weren't here yet. And then he's on the phone to the ambulance officer or the lady that sends out. I think she's called EM- EMT, is it? And she's like, um, I'm screaming. He's coming. He's coming. And then she's really calm and she's like, um, Declan, can you get Emily to lie back? And I was laying back on Mia's little, she had this like soft mat thing and a little couch thing and I had my head on it. She goes, get Emily to lie back and just have a look and see if you can see anything. And I was like, he's coming out. Like, listen to me. So anyway, I lay back and then, um, she says, now Declan, can you see anything? And he goes, uh, yeah, his head's half out. And then oh she's like, my goodness. <laughs> and Mia's behind me screaming because I was like, 
like an animal every contraction because it was so bad. Because he was posterior too, just like Mia. So he's facing the wrong way. And it does make it more difficult birth apparently. I have nothing to compare to because they're both the same. But um, this time I didn't have um, – I ended up having an epidural with Mia because it was so intense, whereas this time I obviously had no choice. <laughs> and um, so all I'm thinking is lying back's not good for being having a posterior baby because it pushes back on your, on your tailbone and that actually comes out during labour, during birth, to allow for the baby to fit through, especially when you have a posterior baby. It's a different shape when they come out. So all I'm thinking is that, like, I want to be up on my knees – and like with my hands, like where I was before on the couch when, when we were doing horsey, <laughs> when Mia was climbing on my back. So um, anyway, so the the lady's going, okay, Declan, put your hand over his head and just push it. And I'm going, what? You can't push him back in. He's coming out. You can't stop this. I, I'm not doing anything. My body's doing it. You can't stop it. And I'm just like screaming like a beast. Mia's screaming behind and Dex going, shut up, Em, I can't hear the lady. And I'm going, you shut up, you asshole!" <laughs> and I'm like, this is like insane. So anyway, he's like, he's coming out and he's coming out and Dex got his hand there trying to stop it. I'm telling him you can't do it because I, I had no control. My body just did it, yeah. which blew yeah. my mind because I, I always thought that you had to, like you get contractions and you push with the contractions and maybe like it's different. For other people too, I don't know. I only have my own experience to go off. But I just let it go. Like it just it did everything. I could. I had no choice. Like you can't hold the baby in. Like yeah. it doesn't happen. But later mm. I found out it was more to stop the baby's head coming out too fast because it can be dangerous for them and their neck or something. So that's the reason okay. for that. But I was like, you can't push him back in. That's all I thought. So anyway, his head's almost completely out. The, the officers arrive, the ambulance officers Mia's still screaming. I think she might have run off by this stage and she's like hiding in the corner, shaking and crying. I felt terrible, but not at the time. I, had, I couldn't focus on that right then. And then um, so the officers arrive, the lady sits down. She'd never delivered before, but the guy had a few times. And um, I was thinking, gosh, like she looks more scared than me <laughs> and like for a reason too. And then she's like, okay, push. His head's almost out. And then I said really calmly because it was in between a contraction, I said, you can't, I can't push right now. There's no contraction. I have to wait for my body. And then it was coming and I said, all right, it's coming. You ready? And it's like, ah, and his head comes out. It was like, it was like a bowling ball on fire coming out. It was oh, just insane. I hear people saying that childbirth wasn't painful. Like my mum's one of them. And she said it was, it wasn't painful for her. It was fine. So I'm thinking, what? I thought I had good pain tolerance, but this is just, wow. Like the whole, the whole thing. And, and I mean, it only went for an hour and 45 minutes, so it wasn't long, but until that final part, till my water broke, because when the water comes out, when the amniotic, amniotic fluid comes out, that creates a buffer when it's inside, for when the contractions happen. So when that's gone, it's more painful. And it was. So anyway, heads out, then um, then I, then I, the body came out. And when I say I pushed, my body did it, got him out, and then they put him on my tummy, my chest, and he was facing up and he was kind of like, like gurgling. And I said, put him over. I was really demanding. I was like, turn him over. Let the water drain out because it's all in there. He's got to be able to breathe. And then I was just laying there and I was, and then I was shaking because you get a dump of, um, you get adrenaline, like huge adrenaline. Well, I did anyway. And then after it, yeah. my I was shaking like, and my, my legs were, because I had them out like that and they were checking me because obviously I'd just given birth and making sure everything's okay. And I'm like, someone hold my legs. I can't hold my legs up. They're hurting. I can't do it. And I'm like, I'm trying to hold Isaac in one arm. And then um, 
my manager and my friend Sam's mother walks in, who Declan, my partner, had called before, and then she and she sees me like lying in the middle on all Mia's toys, on her playmat, on her her little um, couch thing, and there's just amniotic fluid and blood and everything. It was real gory. It was like a crime scene all over the place. It was just insane. And she walks in and I look at her and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> and she's like, wow. Oh, and she's like, she goes, Em, you look like a birthing goddess. And I'm like, yeah, right. That's because I did my tan and my I had my hair done and I had my lash extensions all fresh. So I was I was quite fresh. That was good timing. Oh, and I'm in the middle of the birth to the lady on the phone had told Deck to take off my clothes from my waist down, which they were already off, but he takes off my shirt. So I'm naked. And I'm like, Deck, you bloody idiot, put my shirt back on. I don't want to be naked when they walk in and go to the hospital naked. I was like, it was already bad enough going in with just a shirt <laughs> and nothing on the oh bottom. Oh my God. But yeah, it was it was insane. I ended up birthing the placenta naturally too. They wanted to give me syntocinin, which gets it moving and gets it to come out. But I said, I've done it this far naturally. Let's see if I can do it. And I did it. I we went into the ambulance and I said, can we just um, delay it as long as possible? But obviously, if there's a need, I'm not going to in- interfere with with it. I'm not going to be that stupid. But um, yeah, so they sort of got got the needle ready for it, and then I was like, M, I really want to like to myself. I want to do this naturally and this is where breathing's so powerful and I thought okay let's go into everything I learned I've got to get really calm and get the oxytocin really going so I had Isaac around one nipple because that helps as well with oxytocin but he wasn't wasn't latching yet and then um I went into deep breathing and I was visioning envisioning the placenta coming away and coming out and I was like it's got to come out so deep breaths and then I felt a contraction building up and then I said okay you're ready it's coming get down there it's coming and she went down and I and it yeah peaked the contraction peaked and out it came and I said I told you I could do it because the the man was saying I've done 11 home births and not one have they been able to do naturally with the placenta they've always had to give their syntocin and so um I was pretty happy with that and I was like I can do it I can do it and I did it I was like yes I did it so it was it was really empowering but the best part I think I mean it was all pretty amazing and I wouldn't change it for the world but I wouldn't want to do it again when I got to the hospital and my first shower that I took after, like after they did all the checks and everything, I went into the bathroom and I looked in the mirror at myself. And I remember doing this after me and I was like, wow, like it wasn't that I hated my body or anything like that because I was still amazed at what it had done. This is Mia's birth, first birth. But I, I was still sort of shocked and I thought, will, will it ever sort of go back? Because it was your stomach, as you know, like it's so big and saggy and it's weird. Like it, it's almost like there's a baby still in there. But this time I looked in the mirror and I, I just felt this overwhelming joy and appreciation and love for my body and I cried and I was like, wow, my body's amazing. All these years I spent hating my body because years ago I had really a really bad body image issue and I just I was never good enough for myself. Up until a few years ago I started getting a lot better but this was like the moment where it just changed everything like forever I think and – I just thought, no, I'm never going to hate my body ever again. I'm never going to focus on the way it looks. It's it's fine to want to look good, but I'm never going to make that the priority and how incredible are we as women to be able to do this. And I was having my shower and I was holding my belly and I was smiling and I was crying and I was like, thank you, thank you for doing this. You grew my babies and you birthed them and the second time you've done it all on your own and I didn't have to do anything. Like how incredible and I just felt empowered and 
on the top of the world. I just felt incredible. It was the best. And I thought if I ever start feeling like I don't like my body or if I start picking at things and going, well, that's not good enough or I'm not lean enough or whatever it is, I'm going to remember this moment so I can get rid of those negative thoughts. And I haven't had that thought yet. I still love my body. It's so good. I'm holding on to it. So there it is. Oh my god. <laughs> Any questions? I seriously. Oh my god. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> seriously, like I just remember seeing your photo um that you posted of you on the floor with eyes yeah. up on you and I'm not joking. Like I literally thought it was photoshopped. I like zoomed in like a million times. Hang on, hang on. Is this real? Like, is this real? I'm grabbing my phone. Like, oh my God, are you serious? Like, how does this happen? (laughs) I was just so incredibly blown away. I think too, just knowing the strength that I needed from, you know, the the midwives with me in my birth to think that you had been through that at home. I was just like, oh my goodness. Like I just... First, I want to give you the biggest hug. And second, I just want to talk to you about this because that is just so incredible. And to me, just like shows complete power of the mind. And, you know, you've just explained all of that in there to just, you know, and I think that that was one of the greatest learnings for me through childbirth was just how powerful our mind actually is and also how incredible our bodies are and what what they've been designed to do. So, um, oh, thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's really important that women know too that obviously we're all different, all our births are different and I never want anyone to feel like a failure because it didn't go as like planned. That's why you you can have preferences but don't be set on one way. Just because my first birth didn't go how I wanted wanted it to go, it wasn't all natural. I had intervention, I got induced, I had the epidural, I had everything and I was really at the time and after it for several months even, I ended up getting postnatal depression and I felt like almost like a failure because I didn't, I couldn't do it naturally. I always felt like I couldn't do this, like I had to do it unnaturally. And I still got a healthy baby at the end of the day and you're not a failure, like you've still done it and there's so many yeah. different ways it can go and I just don't want anyone to feel like that And because I know what it feels like the first time around I felt like that. Yeah. And we're all just so amazing. So however it goes, you should just be happy that in the end you get your baby and that's the focus, Yeah. We'll be right back after this healthy break. Are you looking for a healthy non-dairy milk alternative that's made the right way? Then look no further than Pure Harvest. I stopped using ordinary milks many years ago and started using the delicious nut milks from Pure Harvest for my coffees, smoothies and soups. Since day one, I've chosen Pure Harvest as they are free from preservatives and added sugars and only contain the best and cleanest ingredients. Well, now I'm so excited to let you know that Pure Harvest have extended their range of non-dairy milk with the launch of No Ordinary Milk, which contain three new non-dairy flavours, Nut Bliss, Lush Almond and Creamy Cashew. You'll never have to worry about having ordinary milk again. With no added sugars, preservatives or flavours, Pure Harvest range of No Ordinary Milks use whole organic ingredients to make beverages that taste great and most importantly, make you feel good. Pure Harvest's new range of Nom Nut Milks are now available at selected leading independent supermarkets and health food stores Australia-wide. It's such a beautiful point. My mum had two planned cesareans, so for me, like a natural birth was never even in my mind. And, you know, I think it's just so beautiful that everyone's story and everyone's journey is 
unique to them. And at the end of the day, our baby's going to come the way that it wants to come. Like it's coming on its own terms. We don't really have control over that. So, you know, one of the beautiful things is, like you said, having those preferences, but also just being so comfortable with it going how it needs to go. You know, if it doesn't go to plan, that's okay. Like you said, at the end of the day, having a healthy, safe baby arriving is is the number one that's priority. A goal. Yeah. So, I yeah. think, you know, being able to give yourself those tools to get through whatever you need to is really, really useful and powerful. But yeah, like they, they're just going to, I just believe they're going to come on their own terms. And like you said, both of yours are so different. I know, I hope my next one's shorter. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't think well, I they could say they the are. I did the first time around. <laughs> they say oh the second goodness, is e- easier and shorter, but mine was definitely shorter. <laughs> and I think being shorter was easier. Yeah, so yeah. true, so true. You know what's so funny too? Um, I forgot to mention, before I went into labour too, it was only several hours before, I was I was actually doing a workout because I hadn't trained for about six weeks. I might have done a few squats in here, here and there, but nothing that was really classed as training. It was just a little bit of a movement. And I was outside filming a workout, doing one of my, one of my workouts from my app because I've got a pregnancy um, program in there too. So I was doing a lot of work for that. And my daughter Mia was climbing on my back and I'm doing all these sumo squats and putting her on my back and, and doing um, leg lifts and like all these different exercises. It was to post. I didn't get around to posting it because I went into labour. But um, I reckon cause people say that sumo squats can get labour going and maybe it was in my case because I was actually on my story and I was saying, yeah, I'm just doing a workout, a little bit of a workout. I feel really heavy between my legs and people were replying saying, oh, that's that signs of it. Really? I just felt really weird and down the inside of my legs is like heavy, achy feeling and obviously like down oh low as well. But even towards the end, yeah. it was different to what I was like with Mia. With Mia, I felt like a bowling ball was pushing out for weeks. But with Isaac, I didn't get that feeling at the end. It wasn't like yeah. it was pushing down. And also my cervix was, um, they call it posterior where it's back. So when I went yep. for my checkup only a few days before, the doctor couldn't even reach the cervix to check if I was dilated or um, effaced or anything. So, yeah, we had no idea how close it was and that was only days wow. before. So it's not really an indication, you know, like you can't really yeah. know by signs, like the signs that things are going to happen but you don't know when. And I was saying to my yep, sister because totally. my sister, my sister's about to give birth actually, she's like, due now and I was like any sign that you get just go to the hospital <laughs> believe me yes, yes and she's like oh but my my um cervix is far back I can't reach it I was like yeah mine was the same because we're heat similar and she's like oh but I haven't got any of these feelings like last time I'm like yeah I was the same it happened within hours yeah so, yeah like, isn't it yeah. crazy how quickly you know I was waiting for like the water to break and that to be the sign whether like mine literally didn't break until we were driving to the hospital and like yours oh. I was drenched like it was everywhere yes. and you don't know like I'd actually already gone into hospital the day before because I was like I think my waters might have broken on the weekend like I went to my doctor's appointment and I'm like I think they could have broken but like I'm kind of not sure if I was just weeing like I just don't yes. have control in that moment and she's like because you do you go to the hospital so yeah it's just so different <laughs> for everyone and yeah I, I totally agree with those signs like it's just you just yeah. gotta roll with it so yeah. And because I was like thinking the other thing, you know how everyone's like, oh no, wait at home, stay at home as long as you can and don't go into the hospital. So I was thinking, no, stay at home and this is nothing. I'm, it's probably just like a false labor or whatever they call it. And it, I'm, pr- I'm not even due yet. So it's probably nothing, but yeah, you got to listen to your instincts. 
because I yeah, yep. if I I could have gone earlier. <laughs> I planned it yeah. earlier. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's so good. Next oh, time. thank you so much. I've seriously been like dying to hear that in detail. So I so appreciate um, you going through that. I would like to shift gears a tiny bit though, because one thing I've definitely learned for sure from interviewing so many successful people is that a healthy morning routine is definitely something that can set them up for success. I'd love to get a little sneak peek into your morning routine. And I guess, especially now having kids, I guess how you've had to make those shifts or um, implement new strategies. I always change. I've I've never got the one routine and because my life's all over the place, I'm not a really structured person. Although when I do have some structure, I do feel a lot better and I function better. It's just been really hard with, usually I'm traveling heaps and with kids and there's different time zones and things. But at the moment, I try not to look at my phone. Like I won't even, I have it on airplane mode while I sleep. So I'm not interrupted in the night. And I sort of leave it like that. And I get up and I like do my, you know, little morning things, go to the toilet, wash my face, put my skincare on, obviously feed my baby, like all those things. And then I'll turn it on a little bit later. So it might be, it depends what, the, what what's on. Like if I've got to go and do something, then it has to go on because I need to have the phone on ready to go. But if I don't have to have an appointment or anything like that, I'll just delay that so that it's not the first thing I look at because I feel like it can really, can sort of stress you out, especially if you're going into Instagram and you're scrolling and you're getting bombarded by so much stuff. It's just a lot to take on. And whether it's you know, it's not all negative, but there are some negative things out there. You just, I don't really believe in starting the day like that. You want to start the day feeling fresh and inspired and positive. So at the moment I've been, I've been practicing gratitude. So I, I do the deep breathing and then I think about everything that I'm grateful for, all the amazing things. And they're not things, they're actually people in my life. Like my family, I'm so grateful to have a beautiful family and my partner and my two kids and we're all healthy and it's so amazing. And I just, I focus on that and then I usually have a better day because I've been grateful and I've started it positively. So it's just simple things like that and you find what works for you. I used to years ago before kids, we would go, my partner and I would go for a walk along the beach. So we'd get up, I'd have a big drink of water with lemon in it and then I'd make my tea, like a herbal tea and go for a walk along the beach or I'd have a coffee. I'd always drink heaps of water though because I do love my coffee. But if I have coffee, I have lots of water with it because I just don't like having coffee to be the first thing that hits your tummy. Mm. But it was just that going for a nice walk, getting fresh air, getting in the sun and then talking to my partner was a really good thing too. So it's always changing, but just trying to do something that makes you feel good, whatever that is. Yeah, I love that. It's almost like setting that positive intention right from the get-go. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we know, you know, as humans, we're always evolving. I would love to know, I guess, from a business perspective, how you as a brand have kind of evolved over time. I've had my fitness program for many years now. I, I think it was about seven years ago, six or seven. I don't know, time's flying, I can't keep up, but many years ago and- it started off like a PDF and it was quite simple and I did everything myself and I had a dietitian look over at the food and everything, but it was like I did it all. I, I designed the thing and put everything in it. It was working away. I'd take my laptop to the, to the cafe and I'd be eating dinner and still working on it and I was obsessive with it. But now um, it's amazing how it has evolved to now it's – I've had an app for years now, but it's the best now. Like it's the app that I've – the ultimate app that I've wanted for years. It's taken a couple of years to make – but it's got everything that I've wanted and I'm I'm keeping up with um, putting in more 
more programs. So they're always they're getting new content and they're getting new meals. I've got this big team now that helped me with it all. But I, I write all the fitness stuff. But when it comes to obviously the pregnancy and postnatal, I have experts that do that. Although I have recently become qualified in training um, pregnant women and postnatal too, because I just wanted to have that for my own knowledge. But um, so now this pregnancy, I'm working on something else now too. I don't know if I can say what it is, but there's something else. I've got my Start Strong program, which is for beginners. If you have never trained before, if you've had time off, I'm actually doing that at the moment. It's a really good starting point. And then there's the daily workouts, which is the regular training program that um, you can just continue to do. So it's always changing and it just keeps going. And then there's the booty program, the ab, the core program. There's always new things coming into it. And I'm doing like yoga and there's mindfulness. It's just everything that I love and it's all in one place. It's easy to use. And obviously it's got the meals too that you can pick and choose and shopping lists and um, oh, there's so much stuff. It's just the best and the feedback's been amazing. So in terms of that part of it, it's evolved heaps because it was a PDF that I did to now it's a team actually in Melbourne who work on it with me. But it's still like at its core, it's still all about what I want and, and what I love about it. And I hold on to that too because health and fitness changed my life and especially mentally, it's really made me feel so much more positive. I've got love for myself now, for my body. I love the way it makes me feel. It gets rid of all the that heavy feeling, the cloudiness in your mind because I had depression for many years before and suffered anxiety. Sometimes it comes back. It doesn't just go away completely, but I get on top of it. And being healthy and training, they're like my tools. Same with breathing. Making that time for yourself to invest in yourself with things that make you feel good and make you especially feel good mentally, it's really important. And they all go in the toolbox. And if I feel down or if I'm stressed, I pull out those things from the toolbox and do them. But I know that when I'm not keeping up with my training, I do definitely feel the, I feel the difference. I start getting like irritable and, and I'm like, that's crazy. Cause I, I'm really hyperactive too. So I need an outlet, <laughs> especially being yeah, a mum. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. I guess touching on that previous experiences that you had around like body image and, and going through that bit of depression. Do you have any kind of self-care rituals that you really swear by for shifting those negative beliefs? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a few in the toolbox that I've spoken about, health, fitness, breathing, doing my version of meditation, which is usually sitting there, breathing, being aware, looking around and really focusing on what's there rather than you can get in a blur and you don't really know what's happening, but stopping and noticing things really helps. Training, of course, even training hard makes me feel amazing going for a walk. But something that's a little bit different that I do that's in my toolbox is I'm a hopeless dancer, but I put on my favourite music at the time and I just dance. I just bust out and just move and I'm usually laughing, laughing at myself because I think I'm stupid and funny. But it's just the best. It's the best feeling because it, it instantly gets me in a better mood. So if I feel crappy or if say if I'm nervous about doing something, if I'm going on TV or there's something that I'm afraid of, I turn that on and, and I change my mood instantly with it. So that's like my go-to. And then there's I like love there's podcasts, there's podcasts like yours and then there's Brené Brown who I love and she's really, I don't know if you know her, but she's amazing. I, love I think her. she's incredible. Oh, she's so good. She's helped love change her. my life as well and put things in perspective and with mm-hmm. gratitude and everything. She's the best. And I love like the power of vulnerability and it sort of fits in with how I am with my, you know, what I show on social media. I love showing sort of everything, not everything, but I show, I'm not afraid to show things that 
in the past I would have been embarrassed to show and and talk about things like my my so-called flaws or um, having a bad day and things like that. Um, there really is power in vulner- vulnerability. I can't even say the word. Vulnerability. vulnerability. There we go. <laughs> There's power in vulnerability. I love her work and I love also that she's getting so much traction and it's it's yeah. so funny. I think when you start buying into that work or, you know, diving into it yourself, you start to attract similar people and similar conversations into yeah. your world. And I've noticed that massively this, like more recently, I guess, just personally doing a lot of more self-development over the last couple of months to really nurture my mental health throughout the lockdown and stuff. The podcast guests that I've been getting on, the conversation in a lot of ways keeps translating or or turning out to be the same things around gratitude and and being vulnerable and being comfortable to show up as your most authentic self. And and I just love that because I think that, you know, that's how we're going to continue to have a more and more conscious world in the future. And it's obviously been some massive shifts this year. So I love that you you touched on that. Personally, how would you say that your thoughts or opinions or views on the world have have shifted this year in particular? I think I've just become become more aware of what happens um, around the world that I've never had to deal with. And without experiencing things, you don't truly understand, I think. So it's sort of opening. I'm trying to open up more to that and, and do my research and understand how it is for other people more because you can sit there and go, oh, you know, and sympathise with someone and think that would must be so terrible to be like that. But you don't truly know unless you've been through it. But I just try to be more, like I'm diving more into it and and then on the flip side being grateful that I don't have to deal with these things. You know, we all have our things. I don't have the perfect life and I still have bad days and everything. But looking at the positive things and people that I do have in my life and just focusing on that and thinking I have it so good. So I guess in that way, like I've got more empathy for people. I'm a very empathetic person, but I have more now this year because it's just it's just been terrible for people and having to deal with that. And I know what it's like dealing with mental health issues too and depression and I don't know how I would handle being locked up for that long, being indoors. And some people have, you know, tiny little houses and they can't, they can't even get outside, you know, or they don't have a backyard. Like I'm so blessed. I don't like saying lucky, but I love the word blessed. I'm so blessed to live here, live on the Gold Coast and have a beautiful house. Like I'm so lucky, seriously, I say the word lucky, <laughs> blessed. But it, it really does, um, I guess it changes my perspective. It gives, gives me perspective with everything that's happening. But I do really feel for people and I wish there was, you know, more that we could do to, to help them. And you can't help everyone either, which is horrible. I wish you could. I'm always like, I'm so frustrated. I wish I could do something to, you know, make a change or help. And there's things like there's things that I do, but it's, it's never enough, you know, but then you've got to say to yourself, it is enough. Doing something is enough. Yeah. But yeah, I feel for people. God. Coming from a place of love and kindness is doing so much, you know, for yeah. the world as well. And like, you know, you sharing your positive energy and, and your thoughts and your opinions every day in order to help other people is helping mm. the whole world be be a better place. Even just listening more is a huge thing, I think, listening to what other people have to say. And also because I always feel like, and there's like there's people that are negative out there too that always like to, when you're sort of like an influencer or you've got a following, people love hating and they love picking at everything and, and everything that you do wrong and it's never enough. And I used to get really overwhelmed by that. Um, while I was pregnant, actually, I went through a bit of that and that's just before I ended up doing all the birth 
stuff with the breathing and everything, which changed heaps and made a huge difference. But before that, I was so anxious and I was anxious about the birth and, and anxious about what was happening on the, with the world. And the sort of person that I am, I do take everything on. And and if someone messages me and I get a lot of messages wanting from people wanting help and I want to help them all and I get so overwhelmed, it makes me physically sick. And I had to just stop and realise that I can't take on everyone's, and this is for everyone else too, because we all do it, I guess, or a lot of us do it. You take on everyone else's, whether they're problems or things they're going through, you can't take everything on and you can't, you can't help everyone. You can't be all things to everyone. And you've got to take care of yourself and just do what you can and know that that's enough. So that's something that I've sort of learnt more recently this year through it. Yeah, I love that take. And I think, you know, especially for empathetic people, it is a really yeah. big challenge to kind of not want to, you know, I know personally, like I would watch the news and I just end up crying or, yeah. you know, like I just always wanted to be doing more and helping people. Um, sometimes just feeling grateful for the life I had didn't feel like enough at times. Yeah. But I think being able to take that step back and lo- and like almost realise that I can be compassionate, but you know, as long as you're coming from a place of love and kindness, like you have to just yep. believe that, that that at times he's doing enough. It's hard not to feel guilty. That's something I struggle with. I feel guilty if I'm having a good day or, you know, if I'm, I'm, I have a nice house or I'm able to go to the beach, like we can go out here, which is so amazing. You know, it's, it's so crazy that that's where we're at now in the world. But just being out and about and people say, oh, you're out with no masks and like you're allowed out, like that's what's going on. You know, like I'm doing the wrong thing, but I think, oh, I feel guilty. So I don't, I almost don't want to show too much. But then there's people who want to see that because they're stuck at home and and it's horrible for them. So seeing that's actually an outlet in a way for them. There's a beautiful um, meditation that I do by Gabby Bernstein and it's all about give your positive thinking and positive energy and positive light actually gives permission to other people to show up that way as well. And I found, I find a lot of comfort in that and just being like, you know, if I'm coming from a place of positivity, you know, just reminding myself that that's allowing the next person or the person that's looking at my Instagram or listening to my podcast to show up the same way. Um, Because yeah, sometimes it can be a little bit like, oh, I don't, it's that balance of like not feeling like you want to always be like, oh, I've got the perfect life and I have all the answers and blah, blah, blah. So it's just that balance of like being vulnerable with I'm still a human being and I still have emotions Mm -hmm. and and hardships, but also I guess staying true to that energy that you want to be producing and putting out to the world. And again, you can't please everyone. So that shouldn't be your intentions. And like you're saying, it has to go back to it's a place of love and you truly care and just keep reminding yourself of that. And that's what I keep doing. And if there's one person that you have a positive impact on, then it's worth it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I love that approach so much. In the earlier days, how did you become comfortable with those negative comments or things that people would throw at you online? I mean, even today, I don't, it's not like I sit here and I'm resilient to it all and it's it's all Mm. fine. I still get hurt by things. I just deal with them better. But back when it first started happening, and we're going back several years now. I mean, I was dealing with before, I guess, because I was doing modeling before I did started my fitness sort of journey and my, my business. But there was negativity back then, but it wasn't as big, obviously, as your profile grows and your, your followers grow, you're going to get more and more. And so there was a time years ago when it was probably at its most, but it's sort of, I think it's gone away now, but it might be because I block certain words. So I don't know, maybe I still get it, but they just don't come through. 
but I'd I'd be so upset about it and because I hate people thinking something of me that's not true and people would accuse me of things and just, I don't know, there's all, all different things. It might be from the way I looked to like, oh, you, you post a, a picture of your body so you're causing body image issues in other people and I'd be thinking, no, that's not what, I, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be healthy and happy and show that I can, you know, this life's great and having like finding what works for you and finding healthy foods or, or moving more. That I'm, I'm not saying at ever, ever have I said be like me but find what works for you like I have mm. for me and that's always been my message and just be the best you can and don't focus on other people and what they're doing and get distracted by them and comparing yourself. Just do the best you can and be healthy mentally first and physically. Mentally, Mental health is always the most important to me. And that's what I've always put out. But when the, when the me- messages sort of get missed, it used to upset me. And I've had people write articles on, on me and how I've been causing body image issues in young girls and blah, blah, blah. And it was all crap because they never bothered to read anything that I wrote. They saw one photo and I'm on the beach in a bikini smiling, you know, healthy and, and fit and then they, they just assume. And so that used to really affect me and then I just thought how can I make my message come through, like cut through it all more. And this is going back a long time. It was probably about six or seven years ago, maybe longer. So I that's when I sort of pivoted a little bit and started showing, actually showing flaws, not just talking about them and saying, oh, I'm not perfect. I actually showed. And this is back when like now it's cool to do, which is a great thing. Like every second person's out there showing these things. It's so good, especially for our younger generation. And I think about my daughter, it's so amazing for her. But back then no one was doing it. Everyone was just putting up the perfect photos. So I thought, no, nah, I'm going to change it. I'm going to start posting my pimples and no makeup and my cellulite and stretch marks and bloating. And back then I thought I was bloated, but now I know what true bloat is, <laughs> by the way. But I still, like I chose to show these things that I previously would have been embarrassed to show. And I was petrified. The first time I put a photo of my stretch marks and cellulite up, I was like shaking with nerves, but I thought I've got to do this because there's other people out there that feel like me and feel like I used to feel and it, it'll be good for them. So I did it and it went so well and people really received it well and they it resonated with them and they they were just like, yes, like it's so good to see this. It's refreshing. And it went, it was like 64 million or something like that people had actually it reached. So I, I was happy with my decision to sort of start changing the way I did things with my content. And then I just continued to do that. But I don't believe in doing everything that is like not not always just showing like here's me at my worst every single post. Mm-hmm. I think it's got to be balanced. Otherwise it won't yeah. reach the people that you truly want it to reach, which is for me, the younger girls, they don't really want to see all that stuff. They like seeing yeah. the perfect they say that they mm-hmm. want to see it but they don't this is through like I've yeah. done heaps of polls and stuff and people they really don't want to see it so you can't really get the attention of, the, of those young girls with just posting those photos mm-hmm. of the, your cellulite or your stretched skin or your your bloated belly you've got to show yourself looking good like th- not necessarily done up but standing there posing this is how I do things anyway it's not the same for everyone but looking nice, wearing a nice outfit, having your hair and makeup done or in a bikini and, and looking like you're fit. And then next photo is like, hey, but I'm like this too. And then people yeah. go, oh, great. So you start to sort of capture them and then educate. But that's that's my process of doing things anyway. It's obviously working because you've got the biggest, most adoring um, community, which I just love seeing. They are so, so beautiful. They're so beautiful. There's so many mums too. And there's a lot of older women now, as I've obviously gotten older, I 
I do get the attract more of an older audience, which is beautiful too, because we all we all have our issues, and just because you're like you know in your fifties or your sixties doesn't mean you don't have insecurities or you don't hate your body or yourself, which is so sad. So at least I can still. I'm not just after the young people, of course. I'm after like anyone. I say I'm after like I'm coming for them. No, but I I just want to have a positive impact in whatever way I can. So. Oh, well, you absolutely are. And I think, you know, being a mother, you naturally want to start to protect the people oh, younger yeah. than you in the next in the next generation. I've, yep. Yeah, definitely become a lot more conscious of that now. I'm just thinking, well, yes. my daughter's going to grow up in this world. Like what what impact do I want to leave and, and what tools do I want to be giving her so that she can conquer this with like no fears and, and go after what she wants. Yeah. So, But Emily, yeah. thank you so much for just being such a shining light in this world and all that you do to help others. And yeah, I've absolutely loved chatting to you. I'll put all the links to your app because I know people will be dying to get on that after this conversation if they're not already there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thank you so much for today. I've absolutely loved chatting to you. Thank you so much for having me, Madeline. And I hope to see um, you guys, you know, over at my profile or something in the future so I can, we can continue this conversation because I just, I love talking about this stuff and it's just, it sort of lights me up and, and keeps me going. And I love what you do, Madeline. I think your podcasts are amazing and you're so real and everything that you talk about resonates with me. And I think, yep, people need to hear, hear everything that you talk about. So keep going. And maybe. Oh, you're so kind. (laughs) Maybe we can do this again, but face to face. Oh my goodness. Because the restrictions are over, aren't they now? Yeah. I would love that. Yes. Yes. I've actually got That'll my first awesome. trip my first trip to the Gold Coast planned in February. So I've come Yay. knocking on your door with my podcast equipment and we'll have to do it yes. again. <laughs> well, we have a studio here, so you don't even need to bring that and we'll just do it, get it done face to face. And then we can have Amazing. some healthy food after. <laughs> and I chocolate. love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. <laughs> and chocolate. Always got to have chocolate. Of course. Oh, and thank you so much. I will be in touch and I so appreciate all, all the wisdom that you've given my audience today. So thank you for joining me. Thank you, Madeline. Hope you, I didn't talk your ears off because I have a habit of doing that. <laughs> no, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. My face is, my cheeks are like hurting because I was smiling so much through the conversation. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> the best. All right. Thank you. Mwah. Thanks, Madeline. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.